Welcome to Rob's Reliability Project, a podcast for maintenance and reliability people to better themselves both at home and at work. Now let's get rolling. Welcome to Rob's Reliability Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. Thank you for listening to the show. And if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to Rob's Reliability Project on your favorite podcast platform, as well as share it with your colleagues. If you're looking for more content, check out or follow Rob's Reliability Project on LinkedIn and Facebook for some different types of content and check out robsreliability.com as well. If you're looking for a short daily audio tip, subscribe to Rob's Reliability Tip of the Day on your favorite podcast platform. As well, it's also available on Amazon Alexa as a flash briefing. So check that out. Finally, if there are any topics, guests you'd like to hear from, questions you want answered, or if you'd like to appear on the podcast, just send me an email to robsreliabilityproject at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Now let's get rolling. Hey guys, I'm here with Dr. Liam Latouche. If you haven't listened, he has already been on the podcast a few times with a couple episodes. One of those episodes was called Eating on the Go, and I believe that was our first episode. And the second episode is called How to Stay Healthy on the Road. Liam, how are you? I'm very well, Rob. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming back on. And like, I wanted to have you back on because well, one, I mean, we're great friends, but also we're about a week away from Christmas right now. And we're kind of deep in the holiday season. I'm sure most people have already had their office parties for work, but if they haven't, they'll be coming up soon. And then also like people are going to be going to a lot of parties for Christmas, for New Year's, uh, for other holidays. So we need to really consider how to stay healthy over the holidays. Absolutely. And we get a lot of questions, you know, in, in any aspect of the health field, we get a lot of people coming in asking about, you know, how do you minimize weight loss and what's the deal with alcohol intake and, you know, how do you navigate the buffet table, all that kind of stuff, right, to try and kind of navigate the uh, the, the joys, but also the challenges that can come with the holiday season. So definitely timely and, and I hope to be able to share a bunch of valuable info for your listeners. Perfect. And and before we get into it, so you're, you um, have your own company, Liam Latouche Wellness, where you provide naturopathic services to people in the you know GTA area in Toronto. And then you're also um, on site every few weeks with Thrive Workplace Wellness. Do you want to give us a little breakdown of you know where people can find you if they're in the Toronto area? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as far as providing naturopathic care, I practice in Etobicoke. For those familiar with the city, it's close to Kipling Subway Station. And you can just go to liamlatouche.com. That has all my info with respect to how to get in touch. And I I used to be more prudent or more uh, up on my blog, but there are some great articles that are still up there. And uh, as far as Thrive Workplace Wellness goes, that's a service that we provide to uh, corporate clients where we go on site, we provide naturopathic services to help improve the productivity and profitability of a number of different companies. And the goal is really to enhance well-being, go as upstream as possible so that as a clinician, I don't have to clean up the mess, you know, in, uh, in, the, in the clinic and in the office setting. And, uh, you know, the incentive for companies is, you know, having a healthy workforce and certainly improving prof- uh, productivity, which translates to better uh, 
better bottom line down the road. So um, most of that's done within the greater Toronto area, but we, especially with the corporate wellness side, we, uh, we do it nationwide. Awesome. And one thing that, you know, like you, we sort of touched on last time was, was, and it's a theme on the show where it's, where we're being proactive versus being reactive. And so if we take that into account for the holiday season, like at these holiday parties, we're going to be, one is eating more, two is eating, you know, more desserts and different types of foods. And then the third thing that's going to happen is we're going to be drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so maybe I'll start with the alcohol piece because that that's one of the ones that I get a lot of questions about. What should I be drinking? How much can I drink? All these kinds of things. And the one thing that I really, or there are two key things, I guess, that I, I really um, cover with individuals that ask me these kind of questions. One is at the end of the day, when we're looking at alcohol consumption, a big consideration is basically calories in versus calories out. Because one of the, the com- complications or challenges that can come with alcohol consumption is the fact that it can contribute to weight gain. And when we're thinking of, again, just that basic basic uh, formula of if calories in are more than calories out, i.e. if we're eating and drinking more, then we're burning off on a day-to-day basis, chances are you're going to gain weight. And there are some more intricacies to it, but, but that basic formula stands. And the other concept or, or factor that we take into consideration is just hydration and preventing dehydration and some of the issues that can come with that. But that one's somewhat of a no-brainer. I'm going to focus a little bit more on the calories in, calories out part. And I guess the main thing that I, I share with individuals is it really does come to balance. You need to consider, you know, through this holiday season, chances are you'll be having some more alcohol, but are you still exercising? Are you also eating more? What kinds of things are you eating? And you just have to be honest with yourself with respect to, you know, are you getting in much more calories than you were otherwise? And are you not burning calories off as effectively or, or as uh, are you not focusing on that as much as you were otherwise? And then the reality is you either have to be okay with those consequences or make some changes, right? And, and so, Rob, to put it in perspective, for every gram of alcohol that you drink, you're getting about seven calories, you can compare that to protein and carbs where you get about four calories per gram. Um, fat, you're getting about nine calories per gram. So you're kind of slap dab in the middle between protein and, and carbs and fat on that kind of scale of, of how many calories you get per gram or per serving of, of alcohol. Um, and the issue with alcohol is you're not getting any nutritional value and something that people don't often consider is that your liver will actually preferentially burn off the calories from that alcohol over fat and other fuel sources because, as you probably know, it, it is toxic to the body and we need to metabolize it. We need to break it down. And so, you know, when we go and we have a pretty heavy night of drinking, our liver is really just breaking down that alcohol and we're not really using other fuels to support metabolism and, and to support energy balance. We're really just trying to get that alcohol out of the system. And so just to kind of key in on the key on, on the main consideration, we're getting a pretty decent amount of calories per gram. We're not getting any nutrients and our body then has to turn to that as a fuel and we're not burning off the fat in our body that we're hoping to burn off on a day-to-day basis. So that's where people can run into issues when it comes to alcohol. And uh, I guess one more thing to share while I'm on this topic is 
like for example, people will ask, well, should I have beer? Should I have wine? Should I have spirits? The reality is like a, a standard serving, say a five ounce serving of wine, you're getting about 120 calories, a can of beer, maybe 150. And for an ounce of a spirit, so whether it's rum or vodka or whatever it is, you're getting maybe 65, 75 calories. So yeah, just based on the fact that you know, if you just get a, a, a spirit versus beer, in absolute terms, you're getting less calories. Usually, we're going to drink more of those because we can get through them pretty quick. Two, we tend to mix them, right, with colas and, 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 and sodas and juices. And that's really where those calories can start to ramp up. So to end my rant and to not be such a downer, <laughs> you got to but at the same time, the big thing is just informed consent, right? Know what you're getting into, understand the consequences, and then you're an adult, you make your decisions as you see fit. But uh, hopefully that puts things in perspective for, for people. So we should be taking shots of vodka, right? See, but once every, <laughs> it depends. If you take longer to drink a, a can of beer and have a couple shots of vodka, you're going to do better calorie-wise if you have that beer, right? So not to pigeonhole it within the, the calorie argument, but the bottom line is it will play a role. Um, and and just be mindful that these calories add up quick. They bring no nutrients. And uh, and your body, like I said, will turn to burning those that off as a fuel before it goes to your fat. And so just be mindful. You know, the the general recommendation from a health perspective is still one serving of alcohol per day for women two servings per, per day for men, or again, seven per week for females, uh, 14 per week for males. So that doesn't really change during the holiday season. It doesn't mag- magically shift. Um, the reality is when we go out, we're probably going to have a few drinks. It's not necessarily going to be one and done. But like I said, it's just being mindful of trying to balance that out the best you can and, and understand what that might do from a metabolism and weight management perspective. Now, can you take those 14 a week and put them all in one day? <laughs> balance, my friend. Balance is the key. So as much as that does sometimes happen, that's definitely not what I'm advocating for. Um, you know, what? because people will say, right, can I, you know, can I just have a bunch and, and make my quota, <laughs> that weekly quota in one go? And, and that is really tough on the body. And uh, like I said, so trying to keep it balanced is where you'll, you'll, enjoy yourself hopefully and uh, also not suffer some of the health consequences that can come from binging awesome and so i guess now like we've touched on the alcohol piece let's talk about diet for a minute so like a lot of people they're going to be eating you know either turkey or ham you know roast vegetables potatoes um but then we're going to be talking like cookies there's going to be a ton of cookies or cake or pie so how do we balance what we eat over the holidays? I think one of the first things to be aware of and be mindful of is that generally statistics show that the weight we gain over the holiday season is typically not lost during the following year. And then as you can imagine, that'll compound, right? Add up year on year on year. And it's usually somewhere between five and 10 pounds that we gain over the holiday season that doesn't get shedded, right? That next year. So. Um, the reality is, you know, this is a time of year for socializing and having fun. And, and you know, that's part of how we can survive the cold and, and, and gray aspects of the, of the uh, winter season. But 
anything we can do to be mindful of that going into the holiday season. So not letting your exercise routine slip, trying to continue to follow the 80-20 rule, which we you know promote a lot in, in when it comes to weight management, which is really trying to be on point, eating and living well 80% of the time and enjoying yourself, engaging in indulgences 20% of the time, right? And so if more often than not, we're trying to be clean with our eating, we're staying up on our exercise, we're trying to manage stress reduction and, and those kinds of things, then you don't really have to be so um, stringent or strict when it comes time to a party. Yeah, you're not trying to binge, but enjoy yourself, right? Because you know you've put in work and for the most part, you're you're doing your body good. However, what I often recommend to people in addition to that 80-20 rule is, is plan ahead. Um, you know, if you know you're going to a holiday party, try to be extra mindful and extra diligent at home that week, right? So whether it's in the summer and there's a big, nice barbecue coming up or whether it's a holiday party this time of year, I'm trying to be keyed in on what I'm eating at home so that when I get to that engagement, I'm not really going to worry about, you know, um, being super strict because I, again, I, I enjoy the social aspect. I enjoy the food and I don't really want to deprive myself. So planning ahead being extra diligent when you can be allows you to have a little bit more uh, uh, slack in the rope when you when you get to some of these holiday events. And then also, like, we can pick good choices when we're there, right? Like having turkey and vegetables is far better than having, you know, two or three pieces of pie. Totally. And so when it comes to actually being at that event, the same rule applies that I'm pretty sure I touched on in, in what we would have chatted about, you know, with our, our eating well on the road and staying well on the road kind of chats. Um, first order of business is just making sure vegetables go on your plate first. So I often use the healthy plate visual. And if you Google it or if, if, if uh, your listeners want to contact me, I'll be happy to send it off to them. But um, the healthy plate handout or, or rather this healthy plate visual you're looking at your plate, half of it is non-starchy veg, a quarter of it is grains and, and starches, and a quarter is your protein and then enough healthy fat, which is usually about two tablespoons per meal. When I say non-starchy vegetables, we're talking about anything that's not your potatoes and sweet potatoes and squash and carrots and stuff like that. We're thinking about dark leafy greens. You're thinking about your cauliflower and Brussels sprouts and cabbage and, and broccoli. You're thinking about onions and, and garlic bell peppers, and the list goes on. You're not thinking about starches and you're not certainly not thinking about grains. If we can get half of the plate with these non-starchy veg, that's a huge jump in the right direction. One, you're getting a ton of nutrients. Two, you're getting um, a ton of fiber. Three, your calorie count is staying low because you can eat a boatload of these non-starchy veg and it's very, very, very low caloric intake. So and well, and an additional benefit, you have less room for the other stuff, right? Because it's tempting to load up with the breads and the pastas and the and the, the whether it's rice or, or whatever other kind of grain or starch that we might turn to. So you're at the party, you're at the event, though it takes a bit of willpower, get the veggies on the plate first, and that's going to really allow you to maintain the health gains that you've worked so hard for over the year and prevent this kind of standard uh, um, weight gain that we see across the population that people just don't lose come the new year. So veggies on the plate first, definitely a big one. And so let, like, let's talk about that, right? So, 
you know, like you said that people don't lose the weight in the new year and you know, like we're going to be right now, we're probably two weeks away or so from our new year's resolutions. And for a lot of people, um, you know, these resolutions are, I want to lose 20 pounds or I want to lose 15 pounds. How do we, how should we think about weight loss? And then the other thing I want to ask you is like with a lot of diets, we go crazy, we go hard, we lose, you know, 20 pounds, but then in six months, we've put that weight back on. How do we keep that weight off? Yeah, great questions. So it comes back to what you actually touched on earlier, which is, again, kind of our shared mindset of proactiveness prevention. Going back to the alcohol piece, just to give you an example. So it takes about 12 minutes of walking to burn off a vodka and soda, uh, closer to 24 minutes if, uh, if you've mixed that vodka with like Coke. And you're looking at 35 minutes if it's a double vodka Coke, right? And so what I'm getting at is there's always a price to pay or, or some kind of trade-off when it comes to consuming these empty calories. You know, I'm not framing things in this kind of way when we're talking about vegetables or olive oil or turkey or, you know, any other substance that contains calories but also contains nutrients that are going to fuel and support our body in a number of different ways. So this time of year, really being mindful of, of having moderate intake of empty calories, we, we hit, you know, we really hit, hit it hard for alcohol. Um, you're getting that seven calories per gram, essentially. If we can be moderate, if we can be mindful of having moderate intake of alcohol, again, within that seven to 14 uh, servings per week, whether you're a male or a female, respectively, um, empty calories will come in the form of desserts, definitely going to be exposed to way more desserts. Listen, enjoy yourself, but be mindful that that's not going to bring along with it any kind of healthful and healthy benefits. So anything we can do to keep that in moderation going into the new year is going to make things a lot easier, you know, when it does come time. And and it really, I don't like to focus on, okay, come new year, I'm going to hit it. The goal is to, like I said, have this be an ongoing, really just a lifestyle choice kind of thing. But anyway, doubling down on that, being mindful of, of empty calories will go a really, really long way. And maybe before I leave the, uh, the alcohol piece, I'll, I'll go on a slight tangent, but people always ask, well, can I just have my red wine? Cause that's healthy for me, right? Then it's a fair trade-off. And the reality is there certainly is a healthy component to wine. One of which is called resveratrol. This is a, an antioxidant that has heart health benefits and some other benefits, but you'd have to pound like one to two liters of red wine to get the therapeutic amount of that resveratrol. So listen, if you want to consume alcohol because you enjoy it and you want to drink red wine because you enjoy it, knock yourself out. But don't drink it because you're trying to get healthy. That's not going to that's not gonna work. Um, so, so be mindful of empty calories. And the other thing is, if you have, if you have difficulty and if your track record is such that you know, you gain weight, or rather you lose weight and you gain it back, you lose weight and you gain it back, or you really have difficulty getting traction in a weight management strategy, just work with a professional, you know, connect with a naturopath who can dissect what's going on, where the challenges might be, be there for accountability and support, connect with a personal trainer who can make sure that your exercise regimen is effective and safe. And again, there's an accountability part of it. And if you can at least engage with someone for about six weeks, uh, six months rather, 
and there's that regular check-in, there's that regular commitment, chances are you're going to be able to um, integrate those behavior strategies and actually carry that forward much more effectively because you've had six months to develop motivation, to develop strategies, to understand where your barriers are and to overcome them and to have someone there to help you out. So the two big things I share with people avoid empty calories or at least be mindful and and have it in moderation and work with professionals because that's what they're there for and they can really just streamline and and, and springboard your success. Another thing actually, Rob, while we're on the topic, if I can just piggyback on that, is there was a study out of York University in Toronto not too long ago that looked at why individuals, um, 40-year-olds today versus 40-year-olds 30 years ago or I think 30 or 40 years ago, anyway, have have to exercise more and eat less to gain the uh, to lose the same amount of weight. So to put that in another way, people today have to work out harder and eat less food to get the same weight loss benefits as someone did in 1971. And there's a few reasons for that. One of which is um, a lot of pharmaceutical medications that we're on can alter and shift metabolism and, and influence weight gain. We're exposed to a ton of chemicals, you know, whether they're cleaning solvents or, or pollutants or plastics or a number of different things. This is the world we live in. And the fact is that these shift how our, bo- uh, our body manages hormones and contribute to weight gain. There are changes to our gut microbiome, the balance between good and bad bugs by way of chemical exposures, antibiotics, poor dietary habits, lack of exercise, stress, other things like that. We're dehydrated and junk food marketing is pretty strong and we tend to uh, we tend to consume more junk food. So one of the other reasons that people are having harder and harder times losing weight has to do with a handful of these uh, different realities that we face today and that we need to be mindful and, and particularly focused on on overcoming. No, that's that's great, and and I guess one thing I you know you mentioned, which was you know with respect to working with professionals, was the you know the fact that you know you're going to be coaching these people through stuff, and you're going to be helping them change their behaviors, and and I'm going to relate this back to you know reliability and maintenance because that's the listenership, and really it's no different in reliability, right? Like if we want. We've all seen the improvement project that works for six months. We've all seen the uh, maintenance project that's that works for three months. And really, that's easy because if you remember back to the episode that Calvin Williams was on, if we look at a process, we see improvement. It's called the Hawthorne effect. And so this is going to be the same thing for for your lifestyle. If we look at our diet critically, we're going to be more mindful as we're doing it. And it's hard to keep that up in the long term unless we're really changing how we live. And so that that's kind of the difference between, you know, thinking of your change as a diet versus as a lifestyle change. Absolutely. And And on that note, if I can piggyback on that, Rob, you know, this isn't to say that people can't achieve these, you know, healthy lifestyle habits and achieve these benefits and weight management on their own. Um, certainly there's benefit in, in working with a coach and working with someone that's a, a domain expert. But if someone is, is pretty keyed in and, and kind of wants to 
take the reins on their own life and, and improve things. A great resource is The Diet Fix by Dr. Yoni Friedhoff. He's a physician out of Ottawa. And uh, he's really outlined um, a well-rounded and, and just a, a strong foundational understanding of what it takes to integrate this healthy lifestyle. Again, this isn't a diet. This isn't a challenge. This isn't a this or a that. This is a lifestyle. And I, I'm going to paraphrase here, but he, he touches on a, on a consideration that, you know, if you don't enjoy your life while you're losing the weight, you'll go back to the life you love and the weight will come back, right? Because if you don't love going to the gym, if you don't love, you know, uh, eating in a manner that we would consider to be more healthy, you're not going to, it's not going to stick, right? So why don't we meet people where they're at? You know, maybe someone has a dog and they just really love taking their dog for a walk because it's, it's just enjoyable for them. Well, we don't get them to go to the gym. We try and build on that time they're spending out do- outdoors walking with their dog. If they're really having difficulty with food preparation, then we find simple strategies and sneak in a little bit more of the vegetables or, or, or try to eliminate some of those processed foods. Like the goal is to try and figure out what, what someone, where someone's starting at, meet them where they're at, and try to integrate strategies in such a way that they find enjoyment, they find that intrinsic motivation so that we're not trying to twist you know, people's arms to do things. So the diet fix does put that in, in a good perspective. And I do believe Dr. Friedhoff has, uh, has a blog, I think it's called Weighty Matters, that people can check out as well. I have no affiliation with him. Um, beyond that, like I said, trying to focus in and key in on three core considerations. One is that healthy plate and really just trying to get more vegetables, lean meat, moderate amounts of complex um, and and fiber-rich carbohydrate sources and healthy fats. Really, this looks a lot like the Mediterranean diet, which is flavorful, easy, and very healthy. So that healthy plate slash Mediterranean diet is a great starting point for people to start orienting themselves in the right direction from a diet perspective, from a physical activity perspective, certainly want to promote exercise. So formal voluntary physical activity in the, in the form of high intensity interval training and strength training really boosts metabolism, helps keep muscle mass in check and brings a number of different health benefits along with it. We also don't want to neglect the concept of, of neat non-activity a non-exercise activity thermogenesis, just moving every day, getting up once an hour, going to fill up your water bottle, making a trip to the bathroom, taking the stairs rather than the elevator or escalator. Simple strategies that just get you up and moving more often will go a long way from a physical activity perspective. And then if we can get people in the gym, awesome, huge bonus. And then the third part would be the stress management or stress reduction, otherwise known as resilience. You know, this is an area where not only can we just manage, you know, our day-to-day lives in a, in a way that's more promoting of joy and balance and, and happiness, it allows us to regulate the hormones that can completely throw off someone's weight management efforts. And uh, we did a, a series, Dr. Andrew Krause, Nachpath, and myself did a series on resilience that we posted uh, uh, videos on. Uh, so you can find that on YouTube. You just search uh, Thrive Workplace Wellness. Or go to our website, thriveworkplacewellness.com, and we've got a, a resource, a health tip resources section where we have all the videos there. But 
a um, lot of really easy, simple strategies to get to boost resilience. And that's another area that people can, can work on. So that healthy plate Mediterranean diet, moving on a day-to-day basis and not being too rigid about it, just get up and move. And then obviously some extra, extra exercise if possible. And then managing stress. Those are the three key areas that everyone can do starting today and they'll see some benefits in their weight management. And, and like I said, there may be some other strategies that need to be looked at, gut health, exposure to chemicals, other things, but let's just key in on those top core strategies and get people, you know, feeling and, and, and living better. And so if, if people are listening and maybe they have some questions about their diet or, you know, that kind of stuff, where can they find you, Liam? Yeah, easiest way is uh, reach out via my website, liamlatouche.com. There's a contact section. I do my best to get in touch ASAP, but do know life happens. But I will be, I will get back in touch with you. Um, the other area, if you're if you're on an HR team with a, with a company and you're looking at the health of your workforce and you see some potential for benefit, reach out to me via thriveworkplacewellness.com. We're happy to touch base, uh, make sure that... Uh, your health and wellness initiatives and strategies are not only going to benefit the workforce, but also benefit the bottom line. So those are two easy ways to reach out. And, and I, I'd definitely be happy to chat with anyone that has questions. Um, just want to get people, I say this to, to people, you know, when you're facing in the right direction, all you need to do is walk. My goal is to get you facing in the right direction, right? No more spinning. <laughs> awesome. That's a great expression. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, like everyone who's still listening, I appreciate you listening, especially through the holiday season. I know you'll be tied up and busy uh, with all your family stuff. So we wanted to keep this one fairly short. Liam, you know, thanks for coming back on and sharing your expertise. You're very welcome. We're, we're, what we're not saying is don't drink and don't uh, indulge yourself. Don't have some cookies. It's all about, you know, keeping the stuff in check, just keeping a little bit of moderation. And really, you know, that I love that point that Liam made about the rest of the time. So the party is is one thing, but the other six days of the week is is something else. So just something to think about over the next few weeks here. And uh, yeah, so, you know, thanks for listening. If, if you haven't yet, subscribe to Rob's Reliability Project on your favorite podcast platform. Follow Liam Latouche Wellness on Facebook, 